0: Welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. This week, I'm hosting, me, James, and I'm joined by my compatriot on the other end of the line, Lewis Tomlinson. How are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, my papaya.
0: Doing smashing. So, this weekend uh, is almost a slight equivalent of the uh, English version of the Dublin Racing Festival. Probably not as many grade ones and as high-quality action, but it's, it's the best weekend of action there has been for a while. There's two grade twos on the card. Uh, at Newbury, and a grade three handicap as the Betfair Hurdle is normally the main betting race of the weekend, and over at Warwick, we have the Kingmaker uh, and a listed Mayor's Hurdle, so to kick things off, I think we should start off with the big betting race of the weekend, the Betfair Hurdle, in which we see Metier and Kadzand and Soaring Glory head the top of the market at 7-1 to 1, all apiece, Sky Pirate and Mr. Coffee at 10s, Edward Stone at 12s, Buzz 50 ball onto victory at 14s, 16s, Wild Max, Time White, Milkwood, and Shake 'em Up Harry, and 20 to 1 by the rest of the field. Lewis, I'm going to throw this to you first. In this absolute puzzle of a Betfair hurdle, what wins? Do I just
2: say, do you work for Betfair now? <laughs> Why did it
0: well,
2: sound
1: that's, like- that's... No, you, you just call in this meeting the British equivalent of, a, of the Dublin Racing Festival. It's probably the best PR Betfair I'd ever want from this.
0: Well, uh, I'm available if anybody would like to give me a job. <laughs> Barry Orr, I hope you're
2: listening. Uh, yeah, look, it's,
1: it's, it's an orring one, isn't it? But I think sorry, is the obvious one, who just looks to be clearly ahead of his mark. You know, the defeat of Brave Man's game. At Chepstow, were really, really good first time up this season. Arguably not gone on from that as impressively as people would have liked, but in hindsight, the second to do start, probably a good
2: run. And then again, you know, the Supreme trial, uh, the race that's normally the Kennelgate, midfield
1: in that, but You'd probably think it, it, it might well have been a half-decent race. Well, the winner might have been half-decent, my Drogo, and the runner-up, Landon Arbo Lads, a, a decent enough yard. So you look at and glory that and you just think one three three. 3 He's a fairly lenient mark for him, at first time in a handicap. I've been banging the milkwood drum all season. Uh, ground might be the only issue. That's probably why he's 16 Because i after his last two starts, Jim, I'd, I'd kind of assumed he'd rock up favourite wherever he turned up next.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd have so, to agree with that point. So I, I I still, even
1: though there are severe doubts about the ground, I still wouldn't put anyone off him. Because, well, say, it was a minor miracle he got as close as he did in the jerry Field and after being absolutely mullered in the run. Uh, the Welsh champion hurdle form is the strongest handicap hurdle we've seen all season so far. You know his novice hurdling form uh, last season was generally quite solid as well. You know, if he does, he Know he's done well uh, in novice hurdles again this campaign. He's 16-1. to 1. Like, There is, like I said, a major caveat that he's unproven on, on testing ground and they didn't run him in the Greatwood because of it. But I'd hope that uh, the price makes up for, for a little bit of a doubt. I'd almost prefer them to miss this. If it's testing and saving for something like the county hurdle, which would be of real interest to me, if he went if he went for something like that.
2: Uh, and the other one on my shortlist is Guard Your Dreams. Again, half decent bumper horse on his only run last
1: season, where he finished second to Bear uh, Bear Gills, who we know is unbeaten this season, and he's he's, he's steadily improving for hurdle starts this year, winning last time out on an absolute bog. Sandown, him and friend off all pulling
2: well clear of Monsieur lecoq and the uh that, that, to me, was, was the performance of a horse going the right way.
1: Appreciates bad, bad ground. Only gone up seven for that, which, if you take away the runner-up, he's done, he's done Monsieur lecoq by 20 lengths. You know, so I don't think it's the harshest rise in the world. 16-1. Uh, to one. He's kind of the opposite of Milkwood in that, I think, the worst... Uh, Guy Jodgings gets it the better but they'd, they'd be my three
0: Yeah I, I can't really disagree with a lot that you've said to be honest I, I'm a fan of Soaring Glory as I think many people are on his mark especially you, you've certainly backed up the points he's um, put across and the, the heavy ground for Soaring Glory I'm, I'm, his action to me looks as if it's slightly scuttly which makes me think he won't enjoy it as much, even though he's run well on heavy before. I know he was second in that bumper at Ascot on proper bottomless ground, and it was fairly soft last time at Ascot, which he didn't run too badly. Like you said, the marks are all there for the taking. He's obviously going to go close. Um, Metier and Kadzand, his his two stable companions, uh, well, not stable companions, sorry, market companions. Um, I'm a fan of Kadzand. Uh, Ed Priest is also a big fan of him. He was on his list at the start of the season for his bumper horses to follow, and he made a very nice uh, appearance last time at Kempton, winning a, a handicap comfortably, uh, beating Christopher Wood and, Tor- and Tor- Torregini, who have since, at the weekend, back the form up. Christopher Wood was first, and Torrighini was backing third. So the form line there is even stronger. Uh, he's been put up uh, £9 for that victory which you certainly wouldn't rule him out progressing even more past it. And Dan Skelton has been shouting from the rooftops about his uh, horses recently. So I, I, th- I think he will go close, but I think the ground could be a bit of a, a stumper for him. But when I watched him on his first start over hurdles at air on soft, he seemed to not get through it as well. And I know it was soft at Kempton, but it was like a carpet. So um, I, I, I can, I'd be worried if it's proper bottomless ground for him. Metier... Showed last time in the Tallworth that the soft of the ground, uh, the, the, no worry it was to him. I think it was a weak grade one. I don't think the form of it will back up, and most of it hasn't. Shake him up, Harry, we here. Uh, of course, he's better off at the weights of, as Metier as this is into a handicap. And, Lewis, you've got some sort of statistics and thoughts on horses winning the Betfair going into the Supreme. So, what are they again? Well, just in general, Jim, I'd, I did a bit of research of it,
1: on it last year, and I'll, I'll tweet it out again, uh, because this could be especially relevant to Metier if he goes and wins. But, yeah, since, since the turn of the century, there have been 11 horses who have won the Betfair and then gone on uh, to run in a grade one, seven of them being in the Supreme. And of the horses that have, been in the, that have gone to the Supreme, five of them have, have gone off or second fav. All of them have been beaten. No horse has won the Betfair and then won a Grade One on its next start, even in the Supreme. Al Dancer beaten favourite, uh, Ballyandy beaten favourite, My royals beaten favourite, Kalashnikov and get me out of here, both second favs, both beaten. Then you had Splash of Ginger, recession proof, who went off the uh, twenties and twelves respectively, and even going into you know open Grade One, Zayanda beaten in the Champion Hurdle, Essex beaten in the Champion Hurdle, Landing Light beaten in the Champion Hurdle. The other one was Geos, who was a twenty-one to outsider for the Champion Hurdle. Uh, but it is, I, look, because people have it in their heads that the Betfair Hurdle is the most prestigious handicap of the season, and to be fair, it stacks up well on paper this season. But if you were to look at the one Al Dancer one, you know, he beat Magic Dancer and Blue Cavalier, neither of whom were rated above, what, one three three. You know what I mean? If that race wasn't called the Betfair Hurdle, there would be no chance whatsoever he would have gone on favourite for a grade one.
0: hmm. Exactly. Uh, so, them stats are very well justified to this race. Metier is currently second favourite for the Supreme. He could be an absolute beast on, on what he's seen so far, but just ca- take with caution, even if he does run in this and absolutely hoses up, just be wary of his price and if he w- will actually be that good. Um, Sky Pirate is a horse that has confused a lot of people this year, uh, since absolutely cruising up in December in that Cheltenham handicap, dropping back to two miles, and then winning again at Warwick, showing a, a sort of a new sign to himself as he was, was quite game under pressure, which is something that we don't often see from him. He's coming back over hurdles now, over two miles, uh, for a reduced handicap mark. He's also entered in the Kingmaker, which we'll talk about later on. But um, he's, you've certainly got to take interest with Sky Pirate in this and then you're looking at other prices. Mr. Coffey was quite disappointing uh, last time in the heavy ground. Everyone thought he'd relish it, and he sort of was given a weird ride by Nico de Boingville at the back of the field, held up to pick through. Totterdown sort of got away with it, and uh, he just never really could pick up in the ground. Edward Stone's a sort of horse that you'd sort of like to see him finish placed in this, just to show the form a bit of substance. He's, he was a very good novice hurdler. Um, Sixth at the Cheltenham Festival in the Supreme Novice Hurdle last year. He was fifth in the Great Wood early on in the season and was trying a a chasing campaign that didn't go very well, but got his campaign back underway um, at Market Raisin over Hurdles uh, in January. I agree with you, Lewis. I'm a fan of Guard Your Dreams in this. And when I was discussing this race with you during the week and we were saying what we like each, I was saying that I think Guard Your Dreams is more on the up and, like you said, the ground is a big help to him, and the softer the better. And there's a trainer that likes to target this sort of race. You go back in, in years, Lewis mentioned Ballyandy, I think Splash of Ginge won this race, um, and there's one other that's names just escaped me. So he's a trainer that targets this race, and for a bit of 16 to 1, I think he's a bit of value. Uh, five, six, five and six year olds have a very good record in this race, and they're the people who you'll be wanting to keep on side, um, which. I think, and it's, I think it's a really exciting race. I, there's a lot of little angles that you can put into it, but for me, I think Soaring Glory is the one to win and uh, guard your dreams each way. I think you agree with me a bit there, Lewis.
1: Yeah, we think you on very similar lines, which is worrying. Al uh, Dancer is the other Twiston one, Jim.
0: Al Dancer, how can we forget you also mentioned him? So that means if Nigel Twiston-Davis wins this, he will more than likely go off second favourite or favourite from the Supreme. Well, it, it, he'll, I mean, look, with, with Metier,
1: I guess you want to see him run with credit, and he looked like a very good horse in the Tollworth. Like, you know, again, the Tollworth is another race I tend to be very sceptical of, you know, the, I, I think some people can fall into the trap of it uh, being, you know, one of the first one of his hurdles of the season. It's generally quite bad. Metier impressed me more than Fiddler on the Roof did, or Elixir and Nuts did. I think it was a, a, a poor race in behind, you know, Sheikh Mohammed is what a one a one three odd rated horse, but you know a bad race does not mean a bad winner. A bad race does not mean a bad winner, and it'll it's it'll be good for the festival if Metier wins this, because really the you know the supreme division. It's looking very much like appreciate appreciates to losing it.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's looking very clear cut. And if Metier comes and uh, is destructive in this, I think it will help for the race. But for everyone's anti-post bets and slight accumulators such as mine, uh, hoping to be in Dubai by next year and not an influencer, um, hopefully um, appreciate it doesn't get challenged in the race. <laughs> can I ask, can I can I mention one more?
1: Far away, yeah. Uh, we have Mark the man in the Turf Talk 12, for Luca Viscoliose. And he was running a really decent race in this last season when he got brought down. Didn't look in love with chasing, to be fair, this season. Didn't look in love with it at all. Dropped him back down over hurdles last time, but uh, he just got the job done at Wincanton in a, a four-runner race. On paper, that really was his to lose. Uh, went off odds on Fav. Got the job done, nar- uh, got the job done narrowly. Uh, he's to one in here off a mark of one-two-seven. If he replicates his run from last season, he might not be a mile away.
0: Yeah, and three pound lower than last year. Certainly of interest. Uh, and you good luck to Luca in the
1: race. You know, he was beating his his win here at, uh, at Sandown last December. He beat Protector at only give, you know with only giving him six pounds. You know that's that's not a major difference. And he, you know he slapped him up fairly well. So he's a horse who's had a little bit of a a bit of a funny campaign, I guess. I, I guess Evan Williams would have hoped that the man would have been a better chaser than he is. Uh, so quite rightly they switched him back to what looks more natural for him. At 22 one, I think there are sillier things.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could agree. Uh, the ground's a slight worry. He looked like he struggled to get through through it last time. I know he has one beat protector act on on heavy, but. I think he's a lot better horse when he's on better ground. Um, but certainly a chance if, if looking at last year's renewal. The next race we'll talk about is the Grade 2 Denman chase. The, uh, we saw the Cotswold last weekend and Native River put a stamp on uh, his Gold Cup shout. So which horses in this are going to make their Gold Cup case? Because Klandy Zobo heads the market at 15 to 8. Champ at 9 to 4. Lost in Translation at 4 to 1. Kalashnikov at 10. Secret Investor 14s. 20 to 1 Sepage. 25-1 to one the conditional and rank outsider of the field at 66-1 to one is Bally Optic. So, Luke, champs' first, first start back over fences this season. Is he going to make it a winning one?
2: I'd hope he'll go close. I'd hope he'll go close. Uh, hard one to read this because
1: everything's got some sort of question mark over them. Tandes Oboe is the right Fav. He's the right Fav, placed in two grade ones this season. Uh, you know, we know he's generally uh, better than most of these, to be fair. Won the Denman when it was at Ascot two
2: years ago. He was below form in the King George, though. He still finished third, but it was below his best.
1: He's probably more solid than Champ on the part. Like we've seen him win this season, and Champ's preparation seems to have been, you know, rather interrupted. And, you know, whether that's just a a Nicky not wanting to run his horse's theme, you know, he's he's coming back off the back of a wind-up. It has been a little bit uh, in and out for Champ this campaign.
2: But I kind of feel this is winnable, you know. If Champ's going to win a Gold Cup,
1: I'd I'd like to see him at least within a length of the winner here. All winning. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean, I, I... I've got my uh, gold cup piece for racing tips coming out on Friday. And I put Jump in my free, in my shortlist of free, just just because in the current gold cup picture, I'm not overly enamoured by anything really. You know, Album thought was the clear right Fav, and everything else has got, you know, at least something to prove. Apple, yeah, fair enough, did it really well at at Leopardstown at Christmas. And there isn't a particular reason why he shouldn't stay. I'm just not mad convinced about whether that was the race that suited the horse picking up the pieces, you know. If you compare it to how Mellon ran last weekend and how he ran at Christmas, you know, I'm just convinced he was a non-stayer. And I'm not sure whether the pace Ken Boy went, you know. played into the strengths of those coming in from behind. I thought Ken Boy was tiring at the finish as well. He saw it out better at the weekend. Uh, I mentioned it on Tuesday. I think Native Rivers should be second favourite for the Gold Cup on on form over the last two years. Uh, So we kind of need a horse from, you know, the up-and-coming ranks. To at least put some sort of stamp on the division and show that yeah they are a contender. I am a big champ fan as well. I I didn't like how he jumped in the RSA though. That'd be my problem. And that that was a uh, a cause I took up quite quite strongly last season was that chance jumping was nowhere near as bad as people said it was. Uh, that's probably why he went off such a price to the RSA because everyone had got it into their heads. You know, that he was like a clown on roller skates. He's not. But what he did do in the RSA, which I didn't like, was that he just slowed himself down. He was cautious. He was on the defensive at his fences rather than attacking them. Uh, To be fair, that's probably what got him so far behind, you know, and and why the amazing staying on up the hill took place was because Chapman just niggly losing half-lengths almost every time he jumped the fence, uh, wasn't in much of a rhythm.
2: Newbury should be easier for him. You know, he won a, the race, is it the Berkshire?
1: No, that's,
0: is it the Berkshire, the race? Yeah, he won, he won the Berkshire that's, where Barry Garrity forgot to see the rail and he nearly fell off.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I can't remember uh, what he was registered as because after the uh, after the game spirit this year, we're not going to call that by a
2: silly name. Uh, but yeah, I hope Champ wins. It might be a no
1: play, it depends what price it is, because I, especially after the, given the preparation he's had this year, you know, people like, and to be fair, fairly rightly, people who, you know, have little jibes at Hendo for not being, you know, apparently being scared to run his horses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm surprised he's 9-4. to four. I thought he's the sort of horse people might want to take on, given he's a horse a lot of people didn't like last season. He's a horse that a lot of people still think Manel Rindo was the best horse in the RSA, and that he just went for home too soon and finished knackered. And the fact that the preparation around Champ has obviously been less than ideal. So I'm surprised he's as short as he is. Uh, I think Klanders beatable, though. On, on what he's shown this season. You wouldn't be scared of him.
0: No, uh, certainly not. Just to, going back to Champ, Lewis, I've got a question. We we saw how in the RSA last year, you've talked about Champ's jumping. Now, we've seen Manella Rindo step up into an uh, all-age company against experienced other rivals, and his jumping has been put to the metal. Now, last year, he was a horse that I didn't really have any problem whatsoever seeing him jump a fence. I thought he was made for it and he's he's been seen to struggle. Now, Champ is on completely the opposite end of the Richter scale. Last season, I thought he couldn't jump for Toffee, and he was lucky to get away with it. Stepping up into graded company, they're going to be going a bit faster over them fences. Could you see him getting way outpaced and even making that many errors that they're going that quick? I know they're not going to necessarily go as quick because I I don't think there's as much speed in the race as what there was, or what there is going to be but do you think he's jumping will be put under pressure because he's going a different tempo? <laughs> uh, not in the manner of that. I can see him making many mistakes.
1: Like I said, I, I can see him slowing down into him mm. and, and uh, not seeing them on a stride. You know, if it always you know, seems like Champ... I know he came down in the dipper, but that was, you know, Barry asked him to see a stride that wasn't there. Uh, so I, I'm not really that worried about... The fact that at a stronger pace, it might make him, uh, you know, more likely to unseat. I mean, they went they went fair enough fast in the RSA last season. Yeah. To be fair, it wasn't it won't a dawdle. So, yeah, I can I can understand where you're coming from, but it wouldn't be a worry for me. I mean, you'll surely be wanting lost to, to bounce back here, but you can't say a positive thing about what he's done this year.
0: Yes, I I have to agree. I'm a, as we all know, I am a massive fan of him. And, um, I do think that this is a race where I'd be. I'm quite happy. I, I probably won't have a bet in the race personally, but I will certainly be cheering him on because if you look at Clansborough and Champ, they're there for the taking, in my opinion. Uh, Clansborough has been has been a consistent horse over the years, and he he always runs with a fair amount of credit, and uh, as he's done this year. But he never just shouts out to me that he's the cream of the crop. I think, I think, I think I'd be wanting to take Clondis over on in this, and I maybe wouldn't even have a swipe at a horse at a bigger price. Um, lost form this season has been pretty woeful. If the ground's very, very, or if the ground's even heavy, I don't think connections are running because we saw what he did at uh, Haydock in the Betfair Chase. He didn't enjoy that ground whatsoever. And I think that they'll do the right thing and put him away for the Ascot Chase in February. Uh, I think is it next? I think it's next Saturday, the, uh, the Ascot Chase, and um, team up for that. I hope he goes well here. The Tizards have turned the corner. The horses are going to be running slightly better. Few tinkers with him. Hopefully, he doesn't bleed after the race. He just had a little one last time, so hopefully that's all right. That's always a slight worry on the next start. John Joe O'Neill on for the first time. Uh, he's been schooling in. Hopefully he goes well. I really want him to win and sort of announce himself back on the stage because I think if he go, finds anywhere like he, his form last year, he'll be straight back in the Gold Cup picture. And you couldn't, <laughs> please me to say, if Santini found any of his form from last year, he could be straight back into the Gold Cup picture. But that is yet to happen. Kalashnikov has also got an entry in the handicap at Warwick. I think I'd prefer him to go for this. Um, three miles I think he, is what he needs nowadays, I thought last time behind Mr Fisher in the Peterborough at Cheltenham, he was staying on up the hill and he, he just wasn't quick enough to get past Mr Fisher um, he's a horse that everyone sort of clocked onto of, he's not as good as what he was originally um, so hopefully Kalashnikov runs uh, a decent race here uh, is there anything else at a bigger price you like Lou? Uh
1: not really. Nice to see Sepage stepping up into graded company. Uh, you know, he's, he's done well off big weights in handicaps. He's only in the Ryanair. Uh, at Cheltenham. I assume this will be a stepping stone to that. Surely they won't try and win the play off top weight with him. Uh, Secret Investor has won her up in this last season, but isn't good enough. at, uh, at open graded company. The conditional is a horse. I really like, but again, probably has a job on beating this lot. Bally Optical needed a bog and it should be, it should earn him back a few useful pounds to the Grand National.
0: Yep, yep, I can't agree with that. So selection in the race, is it champ?
1: Tentatively. More in hope than
0: expectation, but I'd,
1: I'd like to see that. I think it's, I think it's better for the sport if champ wins.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Bears. And, uh, of course, everyone knows who I'm going to be picking. There's no need to mention that. Uh, the next race we're going to talk about is the game spirit. We're not going to give uh, Barry all the time of day with the sponsors, <laughs> I am trying to get a job for him. Altior heads the market, 5-4. Granity, 7-2. Sawroyo, 5-1. Fanny and Destreval, 8s. And Magic, eight nines. 9s. Altior, 5-4. Is, is that a decent price, Lou? Uh, I don't know. I don't like this race. It's a head-scratcher, isn't it?
2: <sighs> the, when I rewatched
1: the finish of the Desert Orchid, I think, yeah, you know what, it's reasonable enough for Maltier. Coming back from an injury, his attitude's still there, He still plugs on, you know. Th- th- there's a while where it looks like Duke de Genieva is going to get the better of him for second. And Maltier ends up putting, you know, almost five lengths between them at the finish. But then I watched, you know, and then but then if you watch the full race, you look at a horse and you think that is just a horse who is not a two miler anymore. He's off the bridle from so far out. He's so outpaced. Nico never looks comfortable on him. You know, and and it worried me because the signs were there that it was happening with Altior.
2: And that confirmed to me that, you know, he's a horse who just isn't quite at that level anymore. On paper, he's still the one to beat by a fair distance, even
1: off the back of the game spirit one, really. Overall body of form over the last two years. Grenatine's a danger, though, isn't he? You know, he was no match for politologue in the Tingle Creek, but the Halden Gold Cups worked out relatively well. You know, Moonlighter was a very, very brave winner on Saturday. Uh, Grenatine did him in the Halden Gold Cup. It was probably a step up again, one second in the Tingle Creek, and I'm not sure he's a strong traveller, is Grenatine, and whether that might see Altior in a little bit of trouble, you know, as he turn into the home straight. You know, it, it's a long, it's a long one at Newbury, to be fair, isn't it? And then it'll just be as to whether Grenatine can kick and get as far ahead before Altior can reel him in, in my head. The one, the one I look at and I think
2: you are somewhat overpriced is Fanny on Destreval at eight. Yeah, I agree. It was a very similar price to win a better race for Clarence House last time out. And he didn't
1: disgrace himself. You know, he was old he was he was within two lengths of politologue. But if you take the winner out, first photo, that means that you've got Politolog, who's a reigning champion chaser, a reigning Clarence House winner, and reigning Tingle Creek winner. And you've got a horse finishing within
2: two lengths of him. Mm. And he's 8-2 on there. You know, what first flow did doesn't, doesn't change the run of Fanny and Destroval. And I, I, I half like
1: him as a two-miler. I think he might be a little bit better up into probably He probably needs some sort of 2-2-2-3. Two, 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 would probably be optimum
2: for him. Uh, this is two one, so it's it's a little bit closer. He hasn't won a race as good as this yet. He hasn't won a race as good as this yet.
1: But I like so. I, I generally like the way he jumped. You know, his first British start, he, he popped round really, really nicely. I know he came down in the Peterborough, but prior to that, it was
2: a general good round of jumping. It was, it was a tricky fence at Cheltenham, and I think he just took his eye off the ball. Uh, it might be infamy.
0: I also think the return to Newbury is a big favour. That's where he announced himself onto the scene. And if he can put up a, a performance similar to last time, I think he's of serious value at eights. Um, as many people know, I am a big fan of Grenatine. Um Paul Nichols has sort of saved him a bit since the tingle creek um, he he's a fairly young horse in comparison, and um he's not had a lot of chasing experience um, stepping up into uh, this sort of grade last time i don't think he was disappointed i think I think if they were to ride Grenatine differently, and I hope they do here, they rode him fairly close to the pace. Uh, in the, in the, uh, Tingle Creek last time. And um, I'd quite like to see him be held up a bit, given a bit of a New Bay Negra ride against LTR. Because I think that's what beat LTR last time, the, the turn of speed that New Bay Negra had. And I think Grenatine has that speed. I think he will stay further in time. Um but I think that <laughs> that's, that's the thing to utilise at the minute. 72 for me. Is a fair enough price. I, I like him. Well, I, I backed him early season to win the champion chase, and, uh, and that race is looking all sown and done with chacon Sois. and you could be looking for each way money with him. But I think that Fanny and is a solid price at 8-1. to one. I think that's fair enough. I, think, <coughs> I like Grenatine, but not at 7-2. But are we always forgetting the old boy, So Royal? He didn't exactly look like he was in love with the game at Kempton last time in the Desert Orchid, and he'd been over hurdles prior behind Epitont and Song for someone. He won the Wales champion hurdle that Lewis has adored the race throughout the season. Do you think he's got a chance in this, Lloyd? Uh,
1: best form maybe against the regressive Altio.
2: Uh, Altio's always been better than him, though. And you know, I, I don't
1: I don't quite see it, mate. I don't
0: quite see it. Yeah, fair enough. I don't, I don't disagree. He didn't he didn't necessarily was jumping with, with much fluency last time, and he's got the entries at the at the Cheltenham Festival in March with the Champion Chase and the Champion Hurdle. I'd probably got a Champion Hurdle for him. I think he's a better hurdler than he is a chaser personally, uh, but I'm sure he'll run well in Magic Saint. I don't think he's good enough for this level. Um, that Newbury card on Saturday is a very very nice race. That novice hurdle uh, to kick off the card. Um, we'll just brush on that. The Olympian is a horse that, if you've listened to Turf Talk for the past however many years, um, I'm a fan of. I was a fan of the Olympian on the flat as a two-year-old. He was bought by J.P. McManus to go juvenile hurdling. He's had some issues since. He's now a five-year-old and going novice hurdling in the first. Tom Bellamy takes the ride. His form as a two-year-old has worked out fairly well, to be fair. If he can find a bit of form, it's his first time over hurdles, and we haven't seen him since 2018. Approach with caution, but to keep your eye out for him. Hopefully, he can run a, a nice race. And there's a horse in the bumper in the last that Lewis is a massive fan on, of. Is uh, autonomous cloud, isn't he, Lou? Yeah, I just like him because he's big. Is that why you like me? Uh, Who said I like you? (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, buddy. Um, We'll move over to Warwick now. uh,
1: Can I do some some running through of other things I like at Newbury?
0: Far away, yes.
1: Uh, You've mentioned the Olympia. It's a good novice hurdle. Like I said, 22 runners. Good balls in it for Paul Nicholls, a juvenile, who won at Newbury on his first start where he beat Kaskova. Of Nicky Henderson's, Nick Kaskova running uh, on violence champion bumper back in the day, good balls are prominent enough in the market for the Fred Winter interested to see how he goes, and pipe smokers in that and he'll surely be the you know, be the fob standard, I'm surprised he's still a maiden, he was second behind Sporting John in that good race at Ascot last season St- still came home ahead of Master Debonair placed in the race behind uh, Stolen Silver, Chantry House at Cheltenham, that was ahead of Pylon, Glory and Fortune, Shang Tang. You know, they're all 130 odd horses. His phone's 232. He's got an OR of 137. First start of the season. Surely he's the one everyone's got to improve past, even though Gowell Road, who has done well this season for Nigel Twist and Davis, is in that. That's a really, really tidy affair. I hope Pipe Smoker will go well in that. And maybe pop up in something like the Martin Pipe. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I can see it. Uh,
1: yeah, the. 150 is another good handicap as well. My mint conditions back in there with Lily Pinching on board. Uh, again, he's my Martin Pipe horse this season. But
0: you've not mentioned your big ba- sizable Sam. Yeah, yeah I, I, eight I, to did, one. I didn't really want to bang the drum as much because I, I know everyone knows I'm, I'm a fairly big fan of him. Um, up to a mark of 131 now, up seven pound for his last win. Um, Nick Schofield gets on for the first time since he rode him in his bumpers. Now he's back fitting and fighting. Uh, as we all know, we know what he is. He's a big, chunky sort that keeps galloping and stepping up to three miles. I certainly think will suit him. It'll be interesting to see how he goes in this. I think he should make light work of a mark of one three one. Eight to one's a fair enough price. Southfield Harvest and Mint Condition two horses that you are a big fan on, uh, fan of Lou, and hopefully Sizable Sam goes well for the turf top twelve that have had a Fantastic year this year for the for the jumps lot. I think for a change, normally our turf top twelve never really uh, perform well. Lewis, anything else on the card? Uh, uh, we also have Saint Bart's in the turf top twelve at the four ten ten at Newbury. Yeah, that's that's a really really good
1: novice handicap chase as well. Newbury have got good fields this weekend. Seventeen runners, you know the likes of Golden Fortune and Rillo uh, Remastered, hold the note all in there as well. We could probably go into depth on that race if we wanted. It's so interesting, but we're a little bit pushed for time. Rock points there as well. So He he was good once upon upon a time. Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd probably be with you in preferring sizeable, Sam, to my mate, Southfield Harvest on Saturday. I really like Southfield Harvest, but I like him as a staying chasing prospect.
2: Mm.
1: And I just think he's looked a tad one paced in uh, over hurdles this season despite having acquitted himself with fair amounts of credit second both times only a neck behind Jack and Mar last time out mm-hmm. so will need the penny to drop all here jim he he practically crab walked over the line at Wincanton. i've yeah. never seen a horse look so clueless he like his legs were where his arms would be if he had any. <laughs> uh, so he he needs to get the job done but look I can see him becoming a real fan favourite. He's a big, like you said, a big chunky unit. He's got a big stunning white face. He's got quite a funny name. Uh, and he's the he's, he's sort of horse I think people are going to tech to in the next year or two. Uh, be good to see him go well and get another on the board for the 12th.
0: Yeah, it's a busy weekend for the Turf Talk 12 um, We're going to move over to Warwick now there. Main race of the weekend is the Kingmaker Grade 2 Novice Chase. Uh, which sees all mankind look to make it two out of two, uh, three out of three. Sorry, over fences heading the market at eight to eleven. Sky Pirate second preference is here at four to one. Cheadleton at five to one. Uh, Tamarock de Matan sixes and Sacre cœur uh, easy enough job for all mankind. This and, and certainly put, puts him on track for the Arkle, doesn't it, Lou?
1: Yeah, I think you should piss this.
0: Good course uh, form. Fairly simple look is. <laughs>
1: He's done really well over fences this season. Uh, pissed up here on his first start. The Henry VIII going into it, we all thought it was going to be a really, really decent race. Uh, obviously, we've not really seen uh, how the form for that will have worked out. You know, Hitman came down in the silly aisles. We've not seen Go All since Elderadoella. Just you know, I mean, how how do you read? getting thrashed by Siskin and then thrashing a horse rated 129 in turn in the whitening in the, uh, of Chase. So it's not it's not a race you can look at and say it's worked out well, but going into it on paper, it looked a good Henry VIII. Uh, so I see no reason to desert him at 8 to 11. Cheddleton's done well this season as well. Beat Cornerstone, lad on heavy ground at Haydock uh, last time out. Nice to see a horse who's been running up north uh, achieve a decent rating of 149. They could probably run him in the Grand Annual if they want, because I doubt he'll win an Arkle, especially this year with Enerz, Amin and Shishkin. And similar, enough apply to Tamrock, do my tan, like El, uh, like El Dorado Allen, got battered by Shishkin on his last start. But still finished head, elusive ball and gumball aren't bad horses. Like, gumball kind of uh, ruined his chance. It was kind of a bit of a... Uh, you know, trying to box for by just going hellful ever out in front and he was knackered by the time he, fin- he finished. So I'm not quite sure whether, uh, you know, giving him a 17 length beating is worth taking at face value. But he jumped really, really well on his first start over fences Tamarot, Dumatan. Probably hadn't quite reached the bottom of, bottom of him as a hurdler. He's weight one for 3-3, but he was shaping like there was a little bit more potential still left in there. Uh, I think the, I, I think the, uh, you know, the second and third faves a nice enough horse, potentially for a Cheltenham handicap, but all, all mankind should win.
0: Yeah, fair enough analysis. that I, th- I think I really liked, I wasn't a great advocate of him going he's chasing this, this season because he does what he wants. Um, he goes out in front, doesn't care, keeps galloping, doesn't matter the ground, doesn't matter how. And I, I, I think he'll put the race to an origami, uh, at Cheltenham in the Arkle, And I think that's certainly of interest. The race could then fall apart. Um, I think he'll absolutely blitz this field. He he loved Warwick on his chase start. um, And I think he'll just do exactly the same here. Eight to 11 is a short enough price, but double him up and and get him in your multiples, because I I think he's got a good chance. Uh, Anything else to add on the race, Lou?
1: Not really, mate. Yeah, he'd he'd probably be the, the most solid of the graded favourites this weekend. I mean, look, his odds on, on the market suggest that, but yeah, I find it antsy and get beat, even if Sky
0: Pirate comes at you. Yeah, fair enough. Next race we will talk about is the Warwick Castle Handicap Chase, which is the 315 on the card. Heading the market uh, is Old Grange Wood at 8 to 1, Smarty Wild at 9, Spirit of the Games and Admiral Secret, and another Cricket 10s. Mr Whitaker, 2 for Gold, and Flowery at 12, 16 1, Bar the Field. We've got a 17-runner handicap here, Lewis. Where's the winner?
2: Uh, I have a short list.
0: Uh, of 10.
2: <laughs> no,
1: the first one for me to start with would be Two for Gold, who's a horse I think a lot of people like more than I do. I I generally find him a little bit tripless. I think when he runs over this sort of a trip, he looks... Slow and then when he runs over three miles he looks even slower. It baffles me, Uh, but this might be the sort of race he wants, you know. Big field, he's got form in that in that sort of environment before. Generally, fairly consistent apart from pulling up in the Hennessy. You know, he's he's never been. Further behind than fourth over obstacles, one of them was in a, the Supreme Trial won by Alexia de Nuts, which was fourth of five. But it's not a bad race, you know. They were only they were only decent animals finishing ahead of him. Won the Hampton Round Warwick last season, which again is a, it was the worst graded novice chase of the season. But Hold the Not was in form then. I think what more a, a generally decent yardstick. First time up this season at Wetherby, again, he looked like a horse who just needed fervour when beaten by Huntsman's son, who's a useful enough operator on his day. Uh, and then the last time at, at Kempton, it looked again like a step in the right direction. Again, felt he looked slow, but I feel like this, this is a, a sort of winnable race. Back down in trip, you're getting the 12s about him now rather than 100 to 30. Only up two pounds. It's the first time I've looked at this and thought, yeah, I like him.
0: I <laughs> tell you who, uh, who's a horse very similar to that, for me, is Mr. Whittaker. I think he's very tripless as well. Yeah, it's the, the, the problem with two for gold is I don't know
1: whether it's his, it's his you know, almost his running style cause he tends to get himself off the bridle and then plug on. So whether that always makes him look slower than he actually is. Uh, is a worry but look that the second Huntsman's son over two furlongs shorter than this surely proves he's got enough pace to mix it in something like this Uh, David Bass is having a fantastic season as well Uh, in the saddle
2: so I- I'd give him a fair shout uh, there's a horse who's rather badly out of form as well but I'm surprised Prized.
1: He's uh, where he's in the weights, which is Champagne Court, who I rather liked last season. He's sixteen to one. If he drifts a bigger than twenties, that might become of interest. He's, he's novice chasing form last season was generally fairly decent. I'm not put it up this year, although the fifth in the Peter Southern at Newbury is a race that kind of worked out quite well with Captain or and Canello uh, having run well out of that since. Those at the top of the market are the right ones. You know, Smarty Wild was a good winner last time out. Old Grangewood is generally very, very consistent. And spirit of the games, I mean, you aren't going to get a more consistent horse in training. And with Lorcan Williams in the saddle, back down in trip, don't really think he uh, enjoyed the role of Merrick last time out. He definitely have a chance. That puts him off 1-4-4
2: his borderline a one fifty horse off his trip. He just doesn't really win. But if he is going to, this is an opportunity
0: for him. Yeah, I can certainly see that. I think the Dan pair have both got a very, very good chance in this. Uh, It's a very, very tricky race for me to look at. But a horse who I quite like in this is a horse that finished fourth in the race last year uh, under Tom Scudamore and off a two-pound higher mark was Gala Ball. Not getting any younger with age. And he's second at Newbury early on in the season – uh, was good against Clondor Castle. I thought he ran really well. He beat Old Grangewood that day. Musical Slave, who was a horse I'm, uh, I fancy for the Skybet the other week, uh, ran well. And he was disappointing last time at Wincanton. But I just feel like he didn't sort of get the run of the race. And I think that race was a fairly deep race. Um, back in here, around the course that he's run well at before, he likes Warwick. He will like the soft ground. He's off a lower mark this year. Michael Nolan gets on fairly well with him. He rode him fairly early on in his career in his novice hurdles. I think he, he's slightly overpriced at sixteens. I think good soft galloping Flemingsworth He'll enjoy that. Uh, and like you said, two for goals interesting, but I don't know where to stand with him. With him, he's a he's a funny one, isn't he? Um, I think he might go well here. Um, I think it's gonna be gala ball for me. Who is it for you, Lou?
2: Uh Oh God, if you had to push me.
0: You've got three twenty pound bet. Who are you picking?
2: I probably got two for gold.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Hopefully,
2: Tentative.
0: Yeah. Hopefully he goes well. Uh if anyone's on him, the also have a, a murd listed race at Warwick as well, which sees Paul Saga make his English debut having Bumping into um, some nice horses in France. Poor Brian Hughes takes the ride for him, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes as he, uh, she goes, sorry. Uh, as In the mayor's he, race. In the mayor's race. What an absolute howler that is. Um, she's entered in the stays hurdle as well, which is of interest. Is there anything else on that Warwick card that you like, Lou? Uh,
2: not particularly. Uh...
1: Obviously, I, I do some stuff with Tim Vaughan. Uh, trickster's out for us, and uh, the horses are running really well at the minute. You know, it's, it's been a bit of a tough winter for the team, but uh, they had a really, really good week last week. You know, Cap St. Vincent only only getting narrowly beaten by Young, but Bells of Peterborough won two weeks ago. Uh, Silver in disguise won really well on Chasing Davey. We had a couple placed as well at, you know, double-figure prices. So they are, hopefully, coming back into a bit of form. It's nice to see him out. Uh, Amarillo, Sky's a horse you quite like for Colin Tizard as well, and he's in the uh, two, uh, the 2.25, the 4.25, sorry. Uh, what do you know about him, mate?
0: Um, they, he was due to run the other day at, where was it called off? Was it Wednesday at Ludlow? I might have made that up. Um, but he's off a generous enough mark, and I think, he'll go well. He cost a fair amount of money and hopefully he will go close. James Bowen taking the ride. Um, I th- I'm not entirely sure proper soft ground is up his street. So maybe there might be a races to be won with him late season. Um, but he's got decent form behind Metier and Dusa, who are two decent novices. So I, th- I think a mark of 117 is one that he will ad- defy in time. Um, and I think he will go very close in that. But uh, hopefully he runs well. There's a nice card at Lingfield with a, with a few novices uh, in the middle of it, which sees Water of Leith, who I'm a fan of, who runs in the Handicap later on, Take On Secret, Handshake, Twilight Air and Charlie Fellows. That's a nice race for the afternoon. Is there anything else over the weekend, Lou, that you like? Uh, good Mare's Chase at Mace, the opera hat. Ellie May trying to give uh, five to Shattered
1: Love. That should be a good watch. Ellie May's probably the one on the up. Shattered Love is... Is a good benchmark, and uh, last time in this sort of company, uh, did it really, really well. Absolutely want Cavalry Queen. So, sh- you know, she's still a she's still a of animal on a day of shattered love. That that would be one, probably depending on the prices, because I, I think Ellie May is a really, really likeable animal as well. Uh, that should be interesting. Nothing particularly else, the Punchestown National Trial. Is on Sunday as well, we don't have final depth of that. Uh there's nothing particularly uh interesting in that. Most of the top ones are in the national uh Alpha Desobo, Moy Henna, Deaf Duty, Far Class, Dunicos, Ron Wild Fred, and
2: Roaring Bull Uh
1: There yeah. all there. It's your usual uh Irish long distance slog, so it'll probably be won by something rated about hundred and twenty four.
0: <laughs> fair enough and, and that Exeter card looks fairly decent Coconut Splash is in the Novice Chase, he's currently entered for that, uh, as Louis said no declarations uh, just yet, that listed hurdle looks to be a decent enough race Mon Morale, the Glancing Queen Oscar Elite uh, My Drogo in there who links with um, Soaring Glory who we both liked for, the, for that race and also in the 410 in that tempts we see Lewis's Turf Talk 12's other entry at Brinkley. Um, do you reckon he's got a chance in that? Yeah, he sure do. I Liz Nagar, Liz Nagar Oscar's in that, so he's using that as a trial for the stage hurdle, which you know, it'll be some performance to carry that off top weight.
1: Yeah, look, it looks like a fairly deep, uh, deep potential qualifier at the entry stage anyway. You know, you've got several there rated, you know, around the mid Mid-140s at the top. And then a fair few with, with a good amount of potential in behind. Good old Sykesy in there as well. He's 12 now. Nice to see him out. It's it's a good car at Exeter. Like you mentioned, uh, Mon Miran and the Glancing Queen. The Veterans Chase is one of favourites from the South West. Uh, Regal Flow and Dancing Shadow there. The ones at the top uh, would be another Venture who, again, needs to win to get into the national. Same with Soupy Soups. Probably, in fact, Super Suits needs to win by about half the track to get into the National. Uh, Hogan's Heights having his first start of the season as well. He won the Grand Sefton last year. He, he'll get in the National as it stands, probably. They won't want to be losing much many, though. He won't be, he's running here because they have to run over three miles, I assume. you know, Well, they have to run over fences in the season. You can't run in the National first start anymore. Uh, so I assume that's the plan, but I'm, I'm not sure whether a wiser tactic might be to wait a week. Mm. And, and ensure he's, he's in the is na- in the national weights of one four six rather than
0: maybe getting beaten dropping to one four three because that mm. wouldn't see him in. Mm.
2: Fair
0: Anything else from Grand National Corner for this week?
2: Uh, it's a weights on
1: Tuesday, but I can say, it's a it's generally overrated. And if, if if you have a look at the odds of the horses, you can predict ninety nine percent of them anyway and it's just a top two or three that might get adjusted by three or four pounds. Although we'll hopefully we'll see Tiger O racing off 150 this season <laughs> so he actually runs.
0: <laughs> Absolute lunacy on luck on Sunday. bollocks, isn't it? It, it? They do it what? every year as
1: well and everyone's still so false for it. I bet they're, they're all home pissing themselves just going, oh, what ludicrous thing can we say about the national entries this season? You know, if if they don't give Tiger o, uh 137 We'll only run him in the Swinton Hurdle.
0: (laughs) It's ridiculous. It it was a really good listen-up to that part as well. I thought he was really interesting. He was really serious. And then it's almost as if his little joke card came out, Mr O'Leary. Lewis, we're now going to do our rating the race's naps, next best and reserves. What is your nap of the weekend? Uh, My nap of the weekend
2: is... Soaring Glory in the Betfair Hurdle. Touchwood. My next best is St. Bart's in the ten at Newbury. And my reserve... Well, it's not a reserve, it's a third choice now,
1: isn't it? Uh, but it's going to be a boring odds-on shot, because I'll give you one in a massive 22-1 handicap. It'll be all mankind.
0: Fair enough. My... Nap of the weekend will come in the Betfair hurdle as well. Me and Lewis are doubling up, as seen as last weekend didn't. One week he's going to have to come in and it's going to be a big handicap hurdle. We are both with soaring glory. Hopefully he will go well. The next best... I sort of have to put the ball in, do Uh It's going to have to be lost. I, I I don't think he's a backable price, but I can still... Well, he is a backable price at 92, but I have to keep the faith in him. Uh, hopefully, he will go well. And the reserve will... What do we have in the chat? With the reserve we will we'll put... Ooh, we'll put Grenatine in because we're a fan. I like Grenatine. Hopefully, he'll go well. Um, I think that's all for this week, Lewis. Have you had a nice time? I've hosted this week. It's been really weird, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been disgraceful. Oh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, keep your ears out for new pods coming up. We've got a jock toff in the in the in the pipeline as well, and loads of Cheltenham previews we're trying to organise. So we are really really busy at the minute. And hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode. See you soon and stay safe. Thanks see you a bit.